Hey, I'm Jesse. It's the week after Easter, but Jesus is still risen. He's still risen indeed. We're in Luke chapter 24, describing what follows after the resurrection, coming straight out of scripture. And in Luke chapter 24, we're in verse 48. So yesterday we looked at how Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He told them about how the Messiah would suffer and rise again from the third day. Uh, so that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Repentance for forgiveness of sins. This is elemental. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're about my age, if you're a millennial like me, you, ha you grew up in the youth group era of the seeker movement in the churches where we would kind of kick out the stuff that was offensive and weird and we would skip the stuff in scripture that was hard to accept or even hard to understand. Now, luckily I had a youth pastor who taught us the word of God and so I'm grateful for that, but I still saw the effects nationwide really on a church and it led to widespread biblical illiteracy. This aspect of the gospel is critical. If you omit repentance from your gospel presentation, then you're not preaching the full gospel. You're giving what Dietrich Bonhoeffer described as cheap grace, where, look, it's about you feeling better about you. <laughs> it's just forgiveness. Don't worry about the repentance stuff. You can keep right on sinning and come back over and over again to the inexhaustible well of grace and grace and grace and grace. This, this teaching actually is, uh, it was widespread as cheap grace and people believed it. And now it's the gospel presentation, the corrupted version of the gospel that I hear when I try to engage activists within the LGBTQQIAAP plus community. I, I spoke about this with one guy who lives the gay lifestyle and believes himself fully fledged to be a Christian. He says, I do believe that homosexuality is a sin but I just go to the inexhaustible grace of God over and over again. And I try to show him Romans chapter six that asks the question, what should we do? Should we sin more and more so that grace may abound? By no means we died to sin, meaning that, that sinful version of yourself is dead and is gone. I tried to show him 1 Corinthians six, look, that's who you were, but now you've been washed and justified and sanctified. Like when I sin, when I mess up, I feel conviction and I repent from that sin. I confess it to whom I'm accountable and then I repent from it. I run away from it, but you keep going back toward it. You have no repentance then. You have you you proclaim yourself forgiven, but you have no repentance. Repentance is elemental to true gospel, true gospel testimony. This is for this this is what the resurrection, one of the things the resurrection accomplished. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations. By the way, that all nations part is pretty important. Like we talked about on Sunday, it could be some of you. Likewise, you're being called into global missions. If that's you, would you reach out to us at redemptionwashington.com? We're gonna put you to work, man. And it says, beginning in Jerusalem, verse 48, Jesus said, you are witnesses of these things. By the way, I don't know if I said the chapter, Luke 24, 48, Luke 24, 48. You are witnesses of these things. And look, I am sending you what my father promised. What is this? Jesus promised them a massive arsenal of super rad rollerblades. No, what, what, what was promised? The Holy Spirit of God. That's what comes in Acts. As for you, stay in the city until you are empowered from on high. The Feast of Pentecost was just a short while after the events of the Passover. Christ was crucified during the Passover and it's at Pentecost a short while later that the Holy Spirit pours out. 
There were Jews that would travel from all over the world to come to Jerusalem to make their sacrifices at Passover. And then rather than just going back again just for a short time only to come back to Jerusalem again, they would stay in Jerusalem until Pentecost. So Jerusalem was packed. I mean, it was packed out. All the Airbnbs have been rented in all of Jerusalem for this time between Passover and Pentecost. And it was brutal. They were actually hiding while Jesus is speaking to them. They're hiding from the same Jewish authorities that had just crucified Jesus. In their minds, it looked like they had just quelled this Christian uprising, what would be called Christianity later on in the Pisidian city of Antioch. They thought that, okay, this, this uprising has been quelled. We've killed their Jesus. <sighs> Dodge that bullet. Now let's keep on moving. Rather, these disciples of Jesus were surrounded and they were in dangerous territory, but they were talking with the resurrected Jesus. And he promised them they're gonna receive power from on high. Look at our study in the book of Acts for more on this. It's absolutely incredible. So they would receive power from the Holy Spirit. And in the meantime, they were to stay in Jerusalem, stay in that packed out hostile territory, that hotbed of murderous opposition to the ministry of Jesus. He's telling them, stay right here in this city that is hostile toward the gospel. All right, if you're watching this from another city, I'm glad that you're a part of it, but I'm gonna speak particularly to my Seattle area brothers and sisters in Christ right now. Okay, if you, if you have secured a place to rent, congrats, that's good. You've got actually a golden ticket. You got more than you could possibly imagine because you have secured a place to live while you carry out your ministry on the front lines of the most atheistic city in the US. It's too expensive for anybody else to move here unless they're a rocket scientist at Blue Origins and they're able to, you know, with their 450K a year salary afford to, to buy a place here. But you've got one. And if you own a house, I know what you're thinking. You're looking at this and you're looking at the equity because you paid 450K for your house. I'm a realtor, I get this. You paid 450K for your house and now it's worth a million and you're like, I'm pretty rich in Arizona. I call that one the Seattle classic. And you're not necessarily, if, if God's calling you to go to another city, you go to that other city. But if you're just looking at your equity like it's a winning lottery ticket that you could go live somewhere else and have a paid off house, I get that too. I would encourage you instead, take out a HELOC and invest and stay here. <laughs> grow in wealth instead of just cashing in on that wealth. Stay here, you've bought a house. You know how hard it is for me to get, to, to grow a pastoral staff here? If I, got, if I hire a guy from Tennessee or North Carolina, I mean, like the guy's gotta be paid the moon in order to just afford a small house like on the outskirts of Seattle. Like, but you have a house. You have, you have a better than a winning lottery ticket. Stay here, right here. Let the Holy Spirit pour out from on high and bring revival to this city. Stay in Jerusalem, Jesus told the disciples, until you receive what I promised you. We've received that Holy Spirit already. And we're praying that God pours out fire from heaven on our incredibly lost city. He's able to do it. And you're here. You're here. Stay here in quote unquote harm's way and watch the Holy Spirit pour out upon our city. He told his disciples to stay there where they were outnumbered and surrounded. And I'm asking you, stay right here where we're outnumbered and surrounded. There are other things you can do with your equity. You don't have to just cash in and move out. We need more and more Christians to stay right here in the city of Seattle.